I'm going to go into this, uh, continue the series on Jonah. And uh, Jonah, uh, the, the title of the series is The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. The Pursuit of God. Oftentimes when we hear those words, uh, we, we hear it in the context of us needing to pursue God, which is great. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're going after the things of God in your life. You're prioritizing the things of God. You're, you're aggressive towards the things of God. You're consistent. You're in continual improvement mode. Am I talking to anybody? Uh, but, but this context in Jonah, the pursuit of God is God going after Jonah. In the same way that God's going after you. In the same way that God's going after you. Anyway, so that's kind of the title and that's kind of the context. Before I go any further, uh, Sharon and I, we, we have great friends visiting us this weekend. Uh, Jeff and Tammy, just raise your hands, raise your hands right there. Welcome them. We met in uh, at the Vacaville Church, and we were in a small group together, just the four of us, which was wonderful. And uh, after the group was over, we just kind of kept, hey, let's go to dinner, let's hang out. And so uh, we've become great friends, and I'm so glad you guys are here. We had a great time last night. We went to dinner at the... Telemar, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun, and I'm so glad you guys are here. But it's great. Uh, it's great to have friends. Isn't it great to have friends that uh, that actually want to hang out together? So I did tell them next time they come, they, they don't need to get a hotel. Save the money and just come hang out with us, man. We're, we're good. Our door's open. Uh, <laughs> but we're so glad you guys are here. So great seeing you guys. Uh, so anyway, the pursuit of God, God's coming after you. God uh, wants to come after you. Now, if you remember last week, it, it, I, had, I had kind of a tagline to this series, it, and it was this. God pursued Jonah because, anybody? He wanted to pursue Nineveh. See, God's going to come after you if you're strained. Not to anybody here to be strained. Nobody here, right? Just turn to someone and say, you're not strained. Come on, help me out. Turn to somebody. You're not strained, right? You're not strained, right? But when we do, if, if the songs we just sang are true, and they are, uh, when that does happen, God comes after us. He pursues us. And it's not just because he loves us and for our own benefit. He's pursuing us. Because the more, he knows the more we're living in the image and likeness of his son, the more we're going to be effective to be instruments of, in his image, in his likeness, salt and light, to be able to him, he'll be able to work through us to reach those who are far from him. Should we just close in prayer? I mean, that's, that's good right there. That's good right there. That's so good. That's so good. And uh, so, so that's kind of the, the spirit of this book. God is going to pursue Jonah, even though Jonah's running from God. He's going to run him down, be, not just for Jonah's sake, because Jonah had a really bad attitude about the plan of God. Really bad. I mean, he had a bad attitude. In fact, it was so bad if you and I were like in God's position, we'd probably say, get rid of this guy. Come on. Let's get somebody else. Come on, anybody? 
child, coworker, someone with a really bad, nasty attitude. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can be in this person's presence. Come on, someone help me out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but God's compassion is way beyond our capacity. His patience. Uh, the, 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 the word for patience in the Bible, it really is, it's long suffering. It's a long fuse before you just lose it and quit and give up on someone. Uh, but God's amazing. And uh, one thing about this book that's really important is Jesus refers to Jonah. He, uh, he refers to Jonah. In fact, in Matthew 12, 39 through 40, here's what the scripture says. But Jesus replied, only an evil and adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. The, the leaders of, of the Jewish religion wanted Jesus to prove that he was Messiah. Okay. And so they wanted, they wanted to see a sign from him. And so he's responding to them, look, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. Now, he, here's part of the challenge of always needing a sign from God. Well, I've done it. Anybody? God, show me. Affirm that what I'm thinking is right. Show me a sign. Am I the only one? Now, here's the challenge for that. Here's the challenge. And, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think it's okay. The challenge is, though, uh, at least in my experience, is if you demand a sign from God because something you need to confirm, um, when that happens again, you, you know what you're going to need from God again? Another sign. In other words, it's never going to be enough. God it just is he enough in your relationship, whether he gives you a sign or not? It's a real important question to ask. I think it really is. Uh, but he demanded a miraculous sign. He goes on, but the only sign I will give them, this is interesting, is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Now, how many of you would agree that the fact that Jesus died, was buried, and he was dead for three days and then rose again on the third day, that, that, was, that that's like at the core of our faith, right? If there's no resurrection, there's no Christianity. Now, think about this. He's using Jonah as a connector to his own experience. Jonah, boy, this, this is, i got to be careful about how I communicate this. Jonah, who is running from God, disobeying God, being judged by God, being thrown overboard, you guys remember the story? Thrown overboard in the shipwreck, Right? In that context, God has this animal come, swallow him up, and God's, Jesus is going to use that now in Matthew here as a sign to his generation about who he is, Messiah. God's going to use the weakness of Jonah as an illustration to his glory. And his power and his greatness. Now think about that. What if, even when we're blowing it, 
as Jonah was. Well, we all agree he was disobeying God. He was on the run. Uh, I think last week I mentioned uh, geographical illustration. It was it'd be like God saying, "Jonah, I want you to go to Portland," and Jonah ends up in New York, right? As far as the USA. But what if, even in the moments where we're disobeying God, God is still going to somehow use that for his glory? Is that possible? Now, this does not mean we sin intentionally thinking this is going to glorify God. No. You and I, we'll get smacked down for that one. But what, what if God just knows you and I have feet of clay? And he knows there's only one of him. There is God and you're not him. Okay. There's your word of encouragement for the day. <laughs> what if God knows that we have feet of clay? And, and as much as we want to live a life set apart for him, a life of holiness, which I hope you're pursuing. I hope you're not flirting with sin. You're not, you're not entertained by sin. You're not staying with sin because sin will keep you a lot longer than you want to be there, right? It'll cost you a lot more than you thought you were going to pay, right? I mean, it, it's, it, there's a power in that if we allow it, if we surrender the power we have in God. But what if God has a way of truly working all things out for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Here's what that would do, if we believe that. What, what, what that would do, it would have a lot more Christians um, stay in the faith and keep on going and not give up. Uh, when I realized years ago that the key when I fail God, the key is to get back up and get going. Once I realized that, it changed my whole life. It changed my whole life, especially in leadership, in leadership. Well, when you blow it in leadership, you're just like, why am I even here? <laughs> Certainly there's somebody else, Lord. But you know, I think, I think God's like a, a, a good father, or a, a good parent, a good coach, a good leader. A good coach, when, when, when an athlete fails, what, what does a good coach do? Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. Get back in there. Get back in there. Don't quit. Don't quit. Never quit. Never quit. And I believe if we have that mindset, understand God's going to work with us in spite of us, and he chooses to partner with us when we blow it, as long as we confess. It's important. Confess. Uh, and keep going. God's going to use us. But that is the human experience. And that's why we all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. And Jesus, when he died on that cross, his death, he died for all of our sins. Do you believe that today? The ones before you were Christian? The ones since you've been a Christian, the ones last night, come on, come on, the ones on the way to church this morning, any families drive together in church? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. 
but I, I have felt this way, and I believed this for a long, long time. And it just it's changed dramatically the way I live my life. I actually believe that Jesus' death on the cross has covered my sins, has washed away my sins. All past, present, future. Do you believe that today? The Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. None. That's how powerful. See, the death of Christ on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, is greater than any sin you can commit. It is. It is. And this is part of the story of Jonah. Part of the story of Jonah. I want, I want to keep diving into this uh, chapter here, chapter 2. We looked at one last week. But chapter 2, uh, this is a prayer that Jonah has as he's in, as he's, he's been thrown overboard, so he's in crisis. He literally thinks he's going to die. And he should have, really. God spared him from death. But, but in this moment of crisis, when he thinks he's going to die, he cries out to God, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a crisis, right? We pray, we, we have no idea how dynamic our prayers can be until we're in crisis. Desperate prayer, right? Not Palomar dinner, God thank you for this meal prayer. That was good, by the way. That was good. That was a good meal. But desperate prayer. Have you ever had desperate prayer? Like, like so much so, you don't even know what to say. You're just literally crying out to God for an answer. You need, you're desperate for an answer. This is a prayer that Jonah has. He's going to have a desperate, desperate prayer. And uh, here's what it says. Then Jonah prayed. He prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. Okay. Now, this is quite a story, man. Jonah's not about the whale or the fish, the great fish. But it is, in part. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine being thrown overboard? Storm. Uh, and you, you just, you, you've settled the fact you're going to die. And you're still conscious. And you're in something. A foreign something. That's the context of his prayer. He's in there. Some people say it was, it was his prayer, like, when it first happened. Others say, well, it's probably like day three. Who cares? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. But he's desperate. And here's what he said. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And here's the key. And he answered me. And God's always going to answer your prayer. God's always going to answer your prayer. Always. It's going to be yes, no, or wait. But he's going to answer. He's going to answer your prayer. He's going to answer my prayer. But, but I think Jonah is, is stunned that God answered him. He's desperate. He's running from God. He's disobeying God. And he's got to be wondering... If I cry out to God, <laughs> he's going to go, like, you know what? 
stinks to be you, Jonah. This is, this is the result of your sin. Come on, how many of us think that way? Come on. This is what you get. Come on. You deserve it. Am I getting closer? Aren't you glad God's not that way? I mean, if he was, this place would be empty. Except for three of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway. But God answered him. He was surprised. The compassion, the grace, the mercy of God. He goes on, I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. Verse 3, you threw me into the ocean depths. I love that. I love it. Love it. Jonah recognized he was being judged by God. God was the one who tossed him. Ultimately, it was God. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. He's recounting his experience. Your best testimony, tell you right now, especially to those who are far from God, your best, te- my best testimony is going to be me sharing my struggles and God having mercy on me. That's going to be your best testimony, by far. Sharing your struggles and how God has had mercy on you. God loves you in spite of some choices you've made, some actions you've lived out, and sharing that. And by the way, humility, humility is not denying your strengths. Right? Some people think humility is like, oh man, you, you did a great job. Oh no, it wasn't me, man. It was the Lord. I mean, it's, that's fine language, but I'm like, but it, it was definitely you up there singing. I mean, it was you. I saw you. <clears throat> so humility is not denying your strengths. It's admitting your weaknesses. That's a game changer for the definition of humility. <clears throat> but your greatest strength in, in, in being a light for God is to share your weaknesses with others. Now God's had mercy on you. That's what people who are far from God want to hear. They want to know God's a compassionate, loving, forgiving, graceful God. It goes on verse 4, Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I look once more towards your holy temple, or where in their world God would have, his presence would have been, in the temple, the holy of holies. But he's looking one more time. Can God forgive me one more time? He says, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I mean, this is experience. This is, he's telling his story. Sort of means to be a witness to tell your story. Verse six, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Now, as we walk through this chapter two, he's quoting several Psalms. Bits and pieces of various psalms, which is interesting. In his despair, he goes to the Word. In his despair, he identifies with many of the psalms. And you know who else? You know who else did this? 
Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus, in, in Matthew's account, when he was on the cross, he cried out to his God, and it was Psalms uh, 22, verse 1. Just the first part. Just the first part. And here's what it says. Do you remember this? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the cross, Jesus cries out to God using a snippet of the Psalms. In the same way that Jonah is doing in this prayer. Very similar, very similar connection there. And uh, maybe for you and me, when we're crying out to God, it'd be nice to get any verses memorized, maybe one or two. One or two? A couple? Maybe? Uh, it, it could come in handy. It can come in handy. It certainly did with Jonah, and it certainly did with, with, with Jesus also. Verse 7 goes on here. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I think you would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking that's where I would go. I'd default right to that, you know, right to God. But as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer, earnest, earnest, went out to you in your holy temple. Verse 8, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. Jonah is once again uh, reminding himself about how unique his God is compared to all of the how different his God is, how compassionate his God is, how, how his God is a God of mercy. That word, hesed, Hebrew word in the Old Testament, the loving kindness of God. He's a loving, kind God. Once he gives you his word, he's going to keep it. He's going to keep his word. Once he gives you a covenant, he's going to keep it. He's going to keep his covenant with you, his agreement with you. Verse 9, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows. <laughs> I love that part. I mean, you've been there, right? <clears throat> Desperate crisis, more more month than money, whatever, the, you know, relationship on the rocks, right? And, uh, and, and you say, God, if you get me out of this, I promise. Come on. We can relate to Jonah. I mean, his story's your story. His story's my story. This is the story of those who are in relationship with a loving, merciful God. Loving, merciful God. I'll keep all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Amen to that. Verse 10. Uh, then the Lord ordered. <laughs> I love that. Then the Lord ordered. The fish to spit. That's a nice word, man. It's, it's, it's a good trend. I like the NLT. It's good. That's uh, not exactly what it says, though. Spit Jonah onto the beach. I'm going to spare some of you the exact translation there. I think you get the idea. God, God, uh, God propelled him out of the great fish. So what do we learn here? We learn that even in Jonah's running from God, 
God's plan was not thwarted. God's plan was not thwarted. God's plan was not stopped. There was a detour. There was a detour. But God uses detours still for his glory. No matter where you are today, here's what I can tell you. There's always a path back to God. No matter where you are today, there's always a path back to God. I'm going to ask your music team to come up, and we're going to just wrap up with a song. But I want you to think about that. Where are you today? Do you need a path back to God? There's always a path back. He will always give you a way back to him, to get back on mission. Why? For your sake? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for your sake. Yes. But also for those who are far from him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for every person in this room. Thank you so much for every person who's online. God, I'm so grateful uh, for Christian Life Center. God, I'm so grateful for the, the history here. I'm so grateful for those who have been faithful here. God, I'm so grateful, God, that you have continued to pursue this local church, Christian Life Center, because you want to reach this community. God, in the same way you pursue Jonah, you're pursuing this church and all who are here and all who will be here. But God, not just for ourselves, though we receive tremendous benefit. God, there's nothing greater than being in your presence. But God, to also be a light and salt for our community. God, I pray for those who need it today, God. You will show them the pathway back. In Jesus' name, amen.